1: God has created marriage and when you come together there's something miraculous and mystical and 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 awesome that happens that brings you two into one. That's why if you have not already given yourself away, don't do it. Yeah. Giving a little piece of you away every single time and then by the time you marry somebody, ain't much of you left. That's what happens. So it's important. God made one flesh. God brings it together. And and what happens is when people are joined together in marriage, when that joining together is ripped apart because one has joined to someone else in adultery, that's what brings death. It brings spiritual death, it brings emotional death, and it brings physical death. So Jesus says, leave and cleave. Leave your father and mother. Cleave to one another. Cleave to one another. Husbands, wives, be best friends. Be best friends. When you get married, fellas, it's over. I mean, in the best sense of the word. I mean, <laughs> say amen, fellas. Amen, yeah, amen. All right, pastor, now you're preaching. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, what I mean is that it's over in the single life. Because some folks get married, they ain't ready to be married. They, you need to be single. Because you still think you can hang with the boys. You can't hang with the boys anymore. At least not with her permission. (laughs) You know, it's time to join together. You leave and cleave everyone else and you join. Yeah, do you have healthy relationships? Sure. Do you have buddies? Yeah. And You guys, you go bowling. Yeah, that's cool. All that's great. But, you know, hanging out and all this stuff here, that's that's over. And if you want to still hang out, then don't get married. Just don't get married. That's all. Do yourself a favor and do her a favor. Just don't get married. But when you get married, you leave and cleave. Mom and dad, you leave and cleave. In-laws, stay out of it. In-laws, stay out. Try to stay out of it. I'm an in-law, and I, uh, and I try to stay out of it. <laughs> Did I say that right? So you know what I mean. So they notice in verse 7. They notice in verse 7. So they thought that they had trapped him. They said, "Aha!" Jesus, you are saying we shouldn't divorce our wives. But Moses, the lawgiver, he commanded us to give a writing of divorce to give to our wives. Now, again, the Pharisees are quoting Deuteronomy 24, verse 1 through 4, which says, when a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some uncleanness in her, and he writes her certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand, sends her out of his house when she has departed from his house and goes and becomes another man's wife. If the latter husband detests her and writes her certificate of divorcement, puts it in her hand, sends her out of his house, or if the latter husband dies, who took her as a wife, then her former husband who divorced her must not take her back, but to be his wife after she has been defiled, for that is an abomination to the Lord. Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4. You see, Moses, Moses did not, and be clear, Moses did not, I repeat did not command, require, recommend, or sanction divorce. He did not. Moses is putting restrictions or guidelines on divorce. Moses is simply saying, when you do divorce, here are the guidelines. Someone once said, Moses is giving a divine concession for human weakness. I like that. And these guidelines would do two things. Number one, it would cause you to slow down and not hastily divorce. Because once she's gone, Deuteronomy 24, once she's gone, she's gone, you can't have her back. The former husband cannot have her back. Number two, it would give time to find a scribe. Find a scribe? What's that mean, Rodney? That means it would give them time to cool off and maybe go get some counseling or talk to someone who can help them to understand God's will for them. You see, it would give them that time to cool off, not do anything too hastily, and then cool off, and then go get some counseling. Let me just tell you, if you're contemplating divorce this morning, may I suggest, may I suggest, think long and hard before you do. I can't tell you not to divorce. Who am I? I'm not the Holy Spirit. But I can tell you this. Think long and hard before you do. Find a scribe. Find a counselor. Take the time to seek out good Christian counseling, counseling from the word of God. And can I tell you something? You don't have to hire a psychologist at $150 bucks an hour. I mean, if you really want to spend $150 bucks an hour on counseling, then give it to me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't need to. You know what you need to do? You find yourself now listen, I got in trouble for this statement about a month ago, but I'll say it again because I think it's true. You need to find A spirit-filled, born-again believer who believes in this word and believes in the infallibility of the word of God who can counsel you from the scriptures. That's all you need. And then you also need to be willing to take that counsel and go and do it. You see, what happens more often is when we go to counseling or we go find a scribe, we already made up our minds. I have talked to more people that come in, they've already made up your, you've already made up your mind. Well, if you've already made up your mind, then why are you finding a scribe? I mean, look, go do what you're going to do. But if you really want the heart of God and you really want to seek God and you really want to know God and you really want to know God's will for your life, then find a spirit-filled, born-again believer who knows the word of God, who can counsel you in the things of God, and they will say, hey, this is what God... And then you say, you make up in your mind before you go there, hey, what they tell me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Whatever they show me from the word of God, I'm going to do it. And then you give God an opportunity to move in your life and to move in your marriage. You don't need secular counseling. Don't go to the world for counseling. Amen, saints? Don't go to the world for counseling because the world's going to mess you up. The world's view of divorce is whack. (laughs) I'm the only one. (laughs) this is not the the world is not it's crazy what they think people are getting divorced for all kinds of stupid reasons you can get a divorce for irreconcilable differences what is that oh well we don't get along so what nobody in marriage gets along so join us (laughs) so what oh you don't get along with you Oh, we ain't Well, he keeps leaving the toilet seat up. So? Men have been doing that for years. Did you not know this before you married him? Of course. Irreconcilable differences. I'm amazed In our culture, there was this lady, a young lady, and I love this little story. This young lady was talking to a marriage counselor, and she said, When I got married, I was looking for an ideal, but I married an ordeal and now I want a new deal. <laughs> Isn't that true? Divorce and remarriage is acceptable in our culture. Might I add, even the norm. Even the norm, right now in the United States, nearly every state has what is called a no-fault divorce law, which makes divorce almost as easy as marriage. In Sweden, Sweden has a one-day divorce law. If you have no children under the age of 16, you can get an immediate, no-questions-asked divorce. Did you know Americans has 50% divorce rate? More people are part of a second marriage today than the first. Online yesterday, just type in divorce. You can get a divorce now for $249 online. $249. I'm walking in the Hallmark store in Rochester. I'm thinking I've been away from my wife for a couple days. My life has been crazy. I was thinking to send her a card. On three, everybody say, oh, one, two, three. Ah. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I didn't send it. And uh, <laughs> I didn't get around to it. <laughs> and uh, so I'm walking in. And, 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 you know, divorce is such a norm. You know something is a norm when Hallmark starts making cards about it. You know it's a norm. Listen at this. One card reads, Happy anniversary to my former in-laws who are still in my heart. Another one reads, Congratulations on your marriage. This ought to work out third time is always a charm. And here's my favorite. Holiday wishes to my former grandparents. I discovered, I divorced your grandson, not you. Is that not a little weird to you? It's like Hallmark, good grief. I used to love your commercials, but now I'm having second thoughts. I mean, our culture, divorce is the norm. So they thought these guys, these Pharisees, the brood of vipers, the returner of the vipers, they, they thought that they had Jesus trapped. But notice in verse 8 in your Bibles, Jesus answered them, the reason Moses gave the law was because of what? The hardness of your heart. You see, Moses allowed it, but from the beginning, it was not so. Jesus is saying Moses didn't command divorce. He allowed it because they hardened their hearts and refused to obey God and forgive. Now, let me talk to, in context, the Christian marriage. That's who I need to address Honestly, I don't know what to say if somebody is not a Christian. But to the Christian, I can appeal to you because the Holy Spirit is living in you. And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. So to the Christian, let me address, let me say Christian. Christian marriage is the most wonderful thing on the earth. I can say that because I know that to be true. On three, everybody, all. One, two, three, all. I really mean it. Christian marriage is wonderful. The world wants you to think it's boring. The world wants you to think that marriage is uninterested and unexciting. Reminds me of a little girl. She said in describing the marriage, she said, Christians have only one spouse. It's called monotony. No. You see, the world wants you to think, Monogamy. The world wants you to believe that marriage is monotonous. It really isn't. The simple truth is as to why Christians divorce the hardness of the heart. I think it boils down to that. One person won't repent of sin, and the other person won't forgive you. That's all it takes. One person will harden their heart toward you, God, the Holy Spirit, and other believers, and your marriage will end with a diagnosis of sclerosis of the heart. That's the hardening of the heart. That's how your marriage will end. So we can't forget. You know, Satan is attacking the Christian marriage. You know, my wife reminds me of this all the time. Satan... You know, there's a real devil. And this real devil really hates godly marriages. Did you know that? He hates it. Because if you claim to be a Christian, Satan is going to do everything he can to tear down your marriage because marriage is divine. And marriage is God-ordained. Before sin ever came into the world, God ordained marriage. God planned the first wedding. And God performed the first wedding. So Satan's going to come against Christian marriages because he knows that it's an attack on God, ultimately. So you say, Rodney, but, you know, Rodney, I'm married. You don't understand. I'm married to the Antichrist. You you don't know. He's evil, Rodney. You don't know. Is there no way out? Yeah, there's a way out. Look at it again in verse 9 in your Bibles. Jesus said, I say unto you, whosoever puts away his wife except for sexual immorality or fornication. Then Jesus said, this is one exception, fornication. Divorce for sexual immorality is permissible, but might I add, it's not mandatory. Jesus isn't saying if you find out that your spouse committed sexual immorality, then you must divorce him. That is not what Jesus is saying. It's not a command here. Now, let me just say that if you're an innocent party and you are divorced, you have not sinned. You have not sinned. What makes you say that, Rodney? Well, think about this. Remember Joseph was going to put away Mary when he found out that she was pregnant, and the angel came and said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. He was going to divorce her because they were betrothed, like married, and he was going to divorce her. But the angel said, don't do it. Remember the five-time divorced woman that Jesus met in the Bible? And what did he do? He loved her, and he saved her. Divorce is not the unpardonable sin, but divorce should never be the first option. The Christian's first response should be forgiveness, healing, and restoration. Amen, saints? Forgiveness, healing, and restoration. Now, if there has been an adulterous situation in your marriage, and you're seeking restoration, Let me give you, write these down, because I'm going to have to move pretty quickly here. I'm going to give you six things that need to happen before there can be complete restoration and healing. Six things. Number one, you need to settle in your heart that it is God's will for reconciliation. That's huge. You've got to settle that in your heart. Again, make it up in your mind. Receive the word of God. Settle it in your heart that God wants you to be reconciled, number one. Number two, if you're going to be restored and there's going to be healing, then you've got to go to the Holy Spirit for help. You've got to ask the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is sometimes affectionately known as the hound dog from heaven. Preachers like to call him that. The hound dog from heaven. And you know what is true. When, 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 when I'm messing up, you know what happens? The hound dog from heaven begins to hunt me down. He tracks my scent. I could slam the door, run out of the house, get in the car, drive, to, drive around Apex for Raleigh, Montana, California, wherever, trying to get away. You know what? The hound dog for heaven is right on my scent. You see, you got to go to the Holy Spirit for help. You got to say, you know what? You, you, know, you know, here's something that, that you might want to do start praying. Start praying. Start seeking the Lord. Start asking God for his help. You know, there was a time in my life where my wife needed to pray for me, and she did. And I'm going to tell you something when Elvira starts praying, watch out. Something's going to happen. And God started touching my heart. But the the hound dog from heaven. So you got to go to the Holy Spirit for help. Number three, face your sin and selfishness and confess them before God. Face your sin and selfishness and confess it before God. Very, very important. Number four, confess your sin before your spouse and use the W word. What's that? I'm wrong. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of hard to get it out. But once you do, it really is freeing. I'm wrong. Be willing to say that. Be willing to ask for forgiveness. You see, number five, be willing to forgive. You got to be willing to forgive. We talked about that last week. If you weren't here, I encourage you to pick up the CD. You've got to be willing to forgive and never, ever, ever Try to pay somebody back. I've heard of situations like that. Well, he committed adultery on me. I'm going to go out and do it on him. No, you don't do that. The Bible says vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Don't do that. You just sit God on them. God will take care of it. And God can get them better than you could ever hope to. Amen. Don't try to get them back. People do that, and that's not good. you got to be willing to forgive. And then number six, surrender to the Holy Spirit and walk in obedience to the word of God. Settle in your heart for reconciliation. Go to the Holy Spirit for help. Face your sin and confess it. Confess your sin before your spouse and say, I'm wrong. Be willing to forgive and surrender to the Holy Spirit and walk in obedience to the word of God. So very important. Let me just say to you that I cannot deal with every aspect of of this subject because there are tons of variations and and tons of combinations and scenarios, but just let me give you a few that I think are really hot topics and try to answer a few questions. Let me just give you a few. Maybe you've already divorced for the wrong reasons. You say, Rodney, I've already divorced for the wrong reasons and then I got married, what do I do? Yes, exactly right, you stay married. Can you believe it? Somebody actually asked me one time, well should I divorce them and go back to my, my ex? Um, No. Um, Let me see. No. Don't do that. Stay married. Ask God to forgive you. Make the marriage that you're in the most godly, awesome illustration of Christ's love for the church that anybody's ever seen. You stay married. Well, maybe you've been divorced before you were a Christian. That happens also. Listen, if that happened, hey, when you became a Christian, You're a new creature in Christ. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You're new. Forget about it. That's what they say up in New York. Forget about it. Just forget about it. You have a piece of pizza? Forget about it. Just forget about it. It's in the past. Leave it in the past. Well, maybe you're a Christian married to a non-Christian and they don't want to be married to you, and they abandon you, what do you do? Write this down, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, look it up in your own time, but it simply says, listen, if they don't want to be married to you, then don't kick them out. But if they depart, the Bible says, let them depart, for God has called you to peace. Listen, you can't make somebody love you if they don't want to love you. They don't want to be there, they don't want to love you, then they just don't want to love you. First Corinthians seven says that God has freed you and God has called you to peace and you don't have to stay unmarried for the rest of your life. You're free in that regard. If you're a Christian married to a non-Christian and he doesn't want to be married to you, that many scholars believe that's what happened to Paul. You notice there's no mention of his wife in scripture. Many scholars believe that or some believe that maybe she died. But it's very possible that when he became a Christian, she said, I want nothing to do with you, because Christianity was considered a cult in the first century. And, and Paul was a Pharisee, and, and Pharisees, a member of the Sanhedrin, had to be married with children. It was a requirement in order to be a Pharisee. So we know historically that Paul was married. Now, what we don't know conclusively, it was what happened to his wife. She could have died, or she could have left him. Very interesting. But if you're in that situation and they leave, you can't make somebody stay who doesn't want to be with you. And if you've never been married, praise God. I mean that in the best (laughs) sense of the word here. I honestly do. Get on your knees and thank God. Buy this CD. Go back over it again. Because when you do get married, you want to marry someone that the Lord has led you to. I still do believe, call me ignorant, call me old school, whatever you want to call me, I believe there's one person on this planet that God has ordained for you. How they get here to you, I don't know. God can, look, God can make them from the ground up if he wants. God can just make them. I think I'm going to make them out of some dust. There he is, the man for you. And when you see him, you're going to go, oh, he is fine. And she's going to look at you, and he, you guys are going to be like, you know, running through the tulips, you know. Ah. You know? But hey, you know, ask God and talk to God about it and say, Lord, help me to listen to you as I approach marriage. Help me to marry another believer who truly loves you and that I might wait and watch for them to bear fruit. Give that time. Lord, help me not to rush into marriage and to know that we are called by you to be together. And Lord, our agreement together is God first. Can I tell you something? My wife has another man in her life that's more important than me. His name is Jesus, and that's okay with me. I ain't. I'm not hating. Now, if it was one of y'all, I'd be like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, one of this. But, but uh, no, I'm glad about that. No, I'm glad. Keep Jesus first. She loves Jesus more than she loves me, and that's good because I love Jesus more than I love her. But then I love her second. So you got to have that kind of relationship with the person you're seeking to marry. And if you aren't married and you're still single, you got an opportunity to start right and have a good foundation. And might I just leave you with this. Listen, no rush. No marriage is better than a bad marriage. Hear me. No marriage is better than a bad marriage. You can be married to the Lord and be happy and love Jesus with all your heart. I certainly hope this helps you.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923.